Hello friends, for this third part of our series on Queer Advent, I was joined on December 13th by Carly Allenbog, and we had a great conversation about joy. Uh, in this episode, we actually talked a lot about different resources, and so check out the show notes because we've got a lot of links in there uh, to Enfleshed for the prayer that we uh, shared at the beginning and the end. Also, um, some music selections, some book selections. There, there was a lot of conversation going on. We were easily distracted as per usual because this was recorded over Instagram Live, so I hope that you enjoy it. Stop. All right, I'm just going to use, I was going to try to be fancy and use headphones, but I didn't start them beforehand. Nice background. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to find the best angle here. <laughs> not that I would be like on the bottom path. I was not the Yeah. I had to do the same. Well, I just repositioned everything. And then of course, as soon as it it adjusts for two people. So it went from like narrow to wide. <laughs> right, and I, right, like right. now this book is in my shot. <laughs> if I just lean this way, it's fine, right? The struggle, the struggle. <laughs> All right. Um, this will just have to be good enough, audio-wise. And of course, now Fat Cat wants to be meowing. Everything yeah, I'll be surprised if my cats don't walk across my screen. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm luckily sitting on a bar stool with a, um, a projector stand in front of me and a tripod, so, like, cats can't really get oh. to me. So it works out well. He'll just meow because he's lying. He's been fed. He's not oh. hungry. He's not starving. So you pay no attention to the to the fat cat. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so that was uh, the best part about this is that it's being saved. So now my ramblings are forever archived. Yes. Uh, so... For those that are joining us that don't know me, I'm Yost, uh, pronouns are they, them, and uh, tonight I have Carly with me, and we're going to be talking about joy, uh, specifically when it comes from the, the queer community, because uh, I was looking at how um, The Happiest Season is supposed to be a Christmas movie, but it very much embodies uh, the main themes of Advent that we typically talk about when it comes to hope, peace, joy, and love, um, and very much not the fancy Christmas Day miracle stuff. Um, gets more into the nitty gritty, almost like Easter kind of stuff too. But uh, that's a whole different thought at a different time. But yeah, so I'm Yost. I uh, am openly bisexual and uh, non-binary person pursuing ordination in United Methodist Church. So I'm queer and Christian. And those are a few of the identities that are important to me, at least in this context. So uh, Carly, would you like to introduce yourself, your pronouns, and any identities that are important to you? Yeah. Um, hey, everyone. I am Carly. Pronouns are she, her, um, and I am pansexual, very proudly. Love the flag colors. Um, and I am recently graduated college student who's jumping into grad school soon and is very excited to talk about joy because that is literally all I am. So, <laughs> Yes, I, I was very grateful um, when you signed up for this week. Uh, typically, I've been starting with a, a prayer and uh, a reading from the lectionary. Uh, this week, I found a poem, which is kind of also a prayer, and it's uh, written by the Reverend M. Barclay, a non-binary deacon in the United Methodist Church. And so um, I figured I would share it really quick. Sweet. It's called, Now is Not a Time for Rushing Past Joy. Now is not a time for rushing past joy. Do not move too quickly from any good thing. 
not laughter or a sight of beauty, not a taste, a feeling, a companion, or a truth. These are gifts not to be wasted. Be generous in sharing. Linger and give thanks. Be excessive in all. Just do not hurry through them, as if they are not precious in this season of grief. When you encounter the harder things, still move slow. Open to wisdom's guidance through pain. Listen patiently to your fear. Pause so that the voice of your body can speak. You cannot hurry in heartbreak or loss and hope to make it through. All of this, not only for the sake of your own endurance, but also for each other. We tend, when we tend inward, we prevent that which makes our spirit decay. When we nurture our soul, we grow in our capacities to contribute to the whole. Nothing much of value grows quickly, not courage nor healing, not love that liberates, nor justice that transforms, not the new world that we hope to grow from the ruins of all that is destroyed. Everything we need the most for our collective soul to make it through this alive requires great urgency and abundant patience. Whenever possible, take a breath and find the rhythms of life best for growing our souls. Uh, I usually just dive into the scripture, but this week I wanted to talk a little bit, this is the beginning of Luke, and so this is kind of the week when we talk about the Magnificat, which is usually this great glorious um, psalm of Mary, and the reason why I hate Mary, did you know? Because if you read the Mary's praise song with Mary, did you know, you've got the answers, and it's like a man asking a woman if she knew what she already said she knew, but you know, that's a different story. <laughs> um, all right, all right, but, here we go. So, you, yeah, I, I could hear you the whole time, so that was beautiful, at least. <laughs> <laughs> all, the whole yikes I was there for. Oh, great. <laughs> um, so, basically, in Luke chapter 1, leading up to this, we've got Elizabeth being told that she's going to be a mother when she's barren and old, and Zachariah laughs at God, essentially, and is struck and mute um and so elizabeth ends up six months pregnant and while she's six months pregnant her cousin mary is visited by a tyson there is a really really good version of it and i will comment on this after it gets published with a link to it um or i'll just send it to you someone rewrote the lyrics so that it's uh it's more in line with what mary was saying and it's it's got the melody and it's amazing still so that's pretty cool yes I, I hear you, Tyson, and I know that a lot of people love the melody, um, and I, I think this one author has redeemed it, which is great. <clears throat> so um, Mary's like, are you sure, God? I'm not too sure about this whole thing. And God is then like, but your cousin Elizabeth was old and barren, and now she's six months pregnant. Like, do you really not believe God? Um, which is kind of interesting. And so immediately after this, we get... Um, hitting when the paper moves. Okay. So, picking up with Luke chapter 1, verses 39, and we go all the way through the Magnificat also. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises made, he made to her. Mary said, With all my heart I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored, because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone, from generation to the next. Who honors him as God? He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. So <clears throat> here is some interesting fun facts. So uh, Zachariah, the guy who's mute, he didn't believe in God, wasn't really trusted with a lot of this, and was uh, a priest. So then we have Mary, on the other hand, who is a teen, now soon to be pregnant, unwed woman. So she is also under an occupied territory, and we end up, when we start what I read, she is fleeing. The word is haste, and she's going with a purpose. Just imagine where your sexuality is the property of your father and your husband, and you're not married and you're pregnant. You can't stay home. You cannot be in your neighborhood that knows you well. She had to flee to her cousin who knew her for who she was and knew the truth of who she was, who welcomed her with open arms and glorified what God was doing in her because of who she is and what she was up to. Um, so we've got this teenager who was trusted with the enfleshment of God. She was trusted to be the bearer of God to the world. So... In a way, exalted substantially higher than the priest that was struck mute very early on in the passage. Uh, so Robert E. Goss is a gay theologian, and I really like what he has to say here about uh, Mary. He says, Mary, the queer prophetess, sings how God will upset the social world, bringing down the mighty and elevating the lowly. God's action will queer the world by turning it upside down, for Mary will bear a child who will queer the world, disrupting the social world. So when we're surrounded by oppressive systems, we can still proclaim the joy for what God has done and what God will do. And when we look a little bit at this, when we think of the experience of fleeing because you have discovered a truth of who you are and you ran to the only people that could know you and love you for who you are, and they're immediately opening their home to you for three months as you figure things out. That's a pretty queer experience. Yeah. Um, and then the idea of destroying oppressive systems is also a very queer experience. Uh, so when I'm looking back at queer history, I think of Saints Perpetua and Felicity, who were some of the earliest teachers in the church, uh, which uh, churches that don't allow women to preach don't really tell you. Uh, but they were considered one of the early martyrs, and they actively taught other disciples uh, at the time. And they ended up being martyred together, and a lot of times they're depicted um, fairly clothed because they were captive before they were murdered, but also um, embracing each other. So there's a lot of interesting stuff there with the two of them. Um, but they had a lot of, of joy in who they were and relentlessly um, believing in the God 
that they knew would restore all things one day. Um, other similar things, if we look at pride parades evolving from, from riots, we have our, our saints, um, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, that um, if you ever got the opportunity to listen to interviews of them, there is great joy in who they are and who they know themselves to be, but relentless pursuit for justice still. Um, and so that, that, that is another thing that I think of when I think of historically uh, queer and pride. And then also um, frequently portrayed, well, very well portrayed in Pose, the idea of ballrooms and the great joy that existed in ballrooms. And then also how the houses in ballrooms were this place of joy and in the midst of despair. Um, they, they never really tried to downplay their, their, their serious circumstances, but they still found joy in being who they were and with people that they knew and loved them with. Um, so that's really all I've got. And so at this point, I just wanna ask Carly, how have you seen joy lived out in the, the queer community or even more specifically in your queer experience? Yeah. Um, I, before we jump into that, though, I, my one thought for the scripture, like, one, the one thing that I found really cool is that, for me, I feel like the church as a whole kind of always portrayed Mary as, like, this, like, innocent, like, didn't really know what was happening and was just kind of along for the ride. At least that was the vibe I got in, like, Sunday school as, like, a third grader. But, you like, reading... Right, literally, right. <laughs> and so, like, hearing you talk and then also reading the scripture when you sent it to me, I was like, Mary's cool. I like her. Like, I am, like, I, it was, like, for the first time that I felt like I could, like, relate to Mary. I was like, this, okay, all right, so there's more here. So, yeah, I just, overall, it was a cool um, scripture and a, also so many, like, parallels with the queer experience and so many stories in the Bible. But that one especially I think was super cool to think about. Um, joy in my queer experiences, I don't even know where to start. But I do have one. So, like, when I started thinking about um, what, like, I wanted to talk about and how I saw joy in, like, my own experiences and also as the community as a whole, um, this one story like really stuck out in my mind. Um, and so like, I guess there needs to be a little bit of background before I tell the whole story, but like my whole coming out aspect was really a really long journey for me. I, um, it was probably like summer of 2018 where I really started to like question my sexuality and be like, have I just been kind of like suppressing things? I don't really know what's going on. And so then, like, it took me, like, a really long time to figure this all out on my own. Um, and, like, I had a lot of people, really, that were with me in that journey and really just being, like, you can say and call yourself whatever you want, Carly. Like, for a long time, I was always said, oh, I don't know. I'm, like, queer-ish. That was, like, my line for a long time. Um, and then when I finally, like, landed on pansexual, um, as every uh, gay baby, I think you do need to come out to yourself first. Um, I know, we, I feel like we talked about that on Jules um, last week too. And when I finally knew that I was gonna come out to people, I was actually just getting ready to go um, away for the summer to the camp that I work at. And I was like, perfect. I can tell all of them first because I know they'll love me. <laughs> and so I was trying to figure out like, who to tell in my life and um, like I was trying to figure out do I tell my mom do I tell my best friend Iris like or do I just like 
do this little like test run first to tell all the people that are low impact. Um, and that's what I decided to do. I was just, it was um, one of the most casual coming outs I've ever heard of. We were sitting in a room and I was just like, oh, hey guys, guess what? Um, I'm pan now, so surprise. And they were like, great, perfect. Um, but the point of what I'm talking about <laughs> is there's one video that I have on my Snapchat that will like, whenever it comes back up from that summer, it just brings me so much joy. I had, um, me and I think a couple other friends had gone to Target and it was June, so Target had all their pride stuff. Um, and there was one pan flag left on the shelf and I bought it and I was like a kid and a kid. I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, this is, I wanted to like run around with it on my back. Like I was like, woohoo, I'm queer, let's go. And the fact that they, all of my mostly straight friends, like, I mean, there's only a couple of us that are queer in that group, but all of my friends just like, were like, yes, let's go. Like, we're just hyping <laughs> me up. And like, that was like, I, I have always felt so blessed because that has been my coming out moment of all of this excitement and this joy. And so I had the flag and we were trying to figure out what to do with it because it's always our bit that we try to gay up the houses that we live in at camp and and so we were trying to hang it like in this, like on the ceiling, cause we were in like a slanted ceiling. So we were trying to hang it on there and it just, it kept falling down. And at one point it was like hanging in my door frame. And so my um, friend Krista like took this video of me standing behind the flag and me just like popping out behind the flag. And the, well, the reason I love that video so much is because the look of, like, pure happiness on my face, like, I feel like you only know that in yourself. Like, you can look at pictures of yourself and tell, like, what's when you're kind of faking that happiness and then when that's, like, pure joy on your face. And every time I watch that video, I can tell, like, how joyful and how blessed I feel in that moment just to be, like, being celebrated by these people and just like simple thing of taking a stupid boomerang popping out behind a flag was such an <laughs> impactful moment that they none of them might even like they might not even remember it but for me like that will stick with me forever so that that's like my first like big experience of joy in this community for sure nice and that was at a christian camp right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> For those that don't know that context, I yeah. feel like that's an important one. Um, For sure. Not saying that it had to be a Christian camp, but more <laughs> of like the fact that... Yeah, that, I mean, that also... Right. And that played a huge part into it, too. That camp in general... Um, the first day that I moved in my very first summer, I didn't know anyone and I just showed up. And when I walked into the cabin, there was a gay pride flag hanging on the wall. And I was like, ha. I'm home. I knew. <laughs> and so it's just, it's just that those people and that those experiences have had so much of an impact and thrown so much joy in my life overall. Yes. So um, what else do you want to know? So that's like your first time. Um, how? So there's, there's this tension, right? Between uh, joy and and grief, which was the the one question kind of submitted yeah. earlier, but it really is like a tension between joy and grief. And um, if I was smart, I would have had the now one quote up on a different device. Um, 
but yeah, so he he's talking about in, in one of a recent uh, I'm reading through a collection of Nowen's work that he was a gay Catholic theologian uh, that passed a, a while back and he he's written a lot of really good things and one of them was the wounded healer and so he's very much about like how um, our wounds shape us and how we can either ignore them and th that shapes us in a way or we can acknowledge them and uh, allow them to work in us and yeah. um, so he views the fact that a cup of grief the cup of life is a cup of joy and a cup of grief um, that both exist sadness and joy ha exist at the exact same time and that there are ways to kind of hold them healthily um, and I think it kind of comes with that hope so Iris has dropped in with what is your interpretation of the word joy happiness or contentment or um Iris, we're putting our question on hold because I want to add something to yours before I forget it. Okay, go for it. Okay, so we're talking about this concept of, like, grief or pain, like, intertwining with joy. Um, a story that, like, comes to mind for me was right after I came out, I had, like, a sit-down conversation with a really close friend of mine um, that also identifies as queer. And it kind of felt like this, like introduction conversation like here's our land of the gays and <laughs> but and it was like overall a super super productive conversation and I know I got a lot out of it but it, it reading about grief and also thinking about this joy concept made me think about it because in that conversation it also felt like there was this whole jaded side of just I'm excited for you that you came out as queer, but you also need to know all of the pain and hardship you're about to go through. And that never sat well with me just because that's not like the kind of person that I am. Like I was ready to acknowledge that and know that I, this is not going to be a walk in the park, but I also want to like, I'm willing to experience that and willing to find the joy in all of that too. Um, and that conversation just always, I, I think about it and I, I always try to acknowledge that conversation for the good it played, but also have a different conversation with people when they come out. Because it, it always did kind of feel like not an attack, but kind of like a jaded warning. No, Iris, it wasn't you. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, but for me, like, I heard that I had that conversation and I just wanted to be like more extra about it because I know that being extra and being joyful gives space for the people who can't do that. So that's, that's what that made me think about it. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and with that, damn, where'd it go? Oh, and so what I'm hearing from you is that essentially the calling of a queer person is very similar to the calling of a Christian where Jesus says that you're going to have this joy in, in participating in the ongoing revelation of the kingdom of God. And yet there will still be troubles and hardships. Yes. And that's yes. a part of the growing pains of, of seeking a, a more just world. And that, that is a part of the growing pains of, of living more fully as who you are. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So our question, what is your interpretation of the word joy? I, don't, I think probably for me, I, my immediate reaction would be happiness, but I also feel like it can, wait, expand on what? And what am I expanding on? 
Come on. Type faster. I feel like we can probably answer her other question while she's typing. Um, Because... I'm so good. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I, well, do not associate happiness with my coming out. So expand. I'd, I'd say that there... For me, I look at the fact that coming out is not a single thing. Mm. Um, it's more of an ongoing revelation of who I am uh, to the world. Right. Um, and I think that I have found joy in knowing who I am and who God has made me to be. Um, right. And I think I see that joy more so in how, for me, I experience joy when I am empowering people to find who they are and love who they are. Um, That's where joy is. Um, And I I think that's why um, there were tears of joy towards the end of Happiest Season. (laughs) Right. And I think I do. I mean, honestly, I do struggle with the fact that my coming out was so easy. Like, I always will have guilt about that. But I also... And I don't know if this is PC or if I'm a bad gay for this, but like I'm okay with that. My fact that my coming out was happy, and like I think that I should be able to celebrate that, but also learn from that and teach myself how to support people whose coming outs are not as joyful as I was blessed to have, and not looking at the world with rose-colored glasses and expecting every coming out to be like mine. Because I had people pave the way for me. Like, my brother came out way before I did. My I have had tons of people in my life come out. And so when I came out to my family, my mom was like, okay, cool. What do you want for dinner? Like, <laughs> all right. What is this? Uh, so Iris is raining. So, like, I associate freedom with, which hums, uh, with relief and led to the greatest things in my life so when young closet people speak to me i always give them the warning of this is going to heart, hurt yeah right. I, but i i would equate it to like various types of growing pains yeah um, and i think so maybe i i worded it wrong i think because mostly my conversation my conversation with her was also centered around being pansexual so they also identify as pansexual. So there was a lot of like warning about no one's going to understand this. You need to be a little bit more quiet about it. Like you're going to have to explain this all the time. This isn't going to be easy. And for me, I'm like, I'm the person that's like, okay, and I'm going to take on that challenge. And so I explain it to everybody that I can. I like all of those things, but I also get like, I get what you're saying, Iris, because I also, I think that that's not a bad thing that you're yeah, doing no. at all. I think that yeah. there, cause I, I think it needs to be a level and even like you need to be like, this is going to be hard, but also it's amazing that you found this out about yourself. And I think you, you do do that, Iris. And I think most of us do. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah. We both ch- so for people only watching the recording that can't see comments, we're we're only chuckling because Iris is having connection issues, and we'll rewatch it later. Right. Um, but yeah, so because Iris is very concerned about um, hindering the experiences of yeah. others coming out, and I, I, so I predominantly work with queer youth when it comes to queer people, um, and so a lot of those conversations is going. 
so how do you think your family would feel? Why do you think your family would feel that way? Right. And do you think it's safe or do you think it's not safe? How are, like, I, I don't think, the problem is, is not enough adults have out friends that are gay. Like if, if, yeah. uh, if every adult had a gay friend, then their children would always know how they feel. Right. Um, and so there's always this like, so another thing that I was talking to my pastor yesterday and when she was like, when you're talking about queer stuff and, and, and Advent, like, do you mean like the candles or like other stuff? He was like, well, it is the candle themes, but it's also this idea of this liminal space, like knowing what is promised to come and what has not yet arrived, knowing, cause that's, that is the kingdom of God. It is here and also not yet. And so there, there is great joy later available and the road to that is not predictable for anyone right unless you have like parents with gay friends right um, and i think and i think that like because of that it all comes back to those of us and i like because i'll admit i have privilege with my coming out so i think those of us who have privilege need to one admit that we had privilege in coming out and use that in a way to help people that don't have that same privilege like for me what comes to mind is in a christian space that i know that's not always accepting i will make sure that the young people know i'm queer whether that hinders my relationship with the old people or not i need them to know that i'm here i'm queer and i'll give you a hug if you need it so like because i have that ability i feel like i should use it and so that it opens a space for people that can't use it so. I feel like we indirectly answered Iris's questions. I, I, I think we did. We, we're both very hesitant to describe joy as happiness or contentment. It seems like we both think that joy is deeply intertwined with hope. Mm. It's more of a, a longer vision. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I think it's harder. It's harder for me to explain joy because I have always just been a joyful person. And so, and I hate that. I do sometimes hate that about myself that I always am joyful. Like my, because it makes it harder when you're not joyful, which I think is like important to touch on too. And I know like the question about grief came in too in the, in the chat earlier. And like, I think that's why it's hard for me to kind of explain this joy because I've always just had it like, so, but what did she say? But wait, joyful meaning happy and happy and in your soul. I think, I think happiness is just in my soul, mm. but I don't have like a feeling word for it. Interesting. Um, so St. Thomas Aquinas defines um, happiness as being with God. Um, and that is like, that, that is the supreme level of happiness. Um, and so I could see that level of happiness, but I think so many people look at happiness today is just like, not even necessarily gratitude, like just, I feel good about things that are happening. Um, and I don't even know, I think so many words are trying to scrape at what we're getting at. And, and I don't know how easily we can, we can get there in a short amount of time. I feel like that could be like a whole sermon on its own. <laughs> um, 
And my pastor didn't preach on that this morning. Instead, she decided to talk about how there was no semen involved. So clearly the incarnation was a smashing of the patriarchy. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm here for that. Yeah. But, it's, it's, yeah. So. so I don't remember if it, I think it was one of the things that you sent me today that was like, just because there's bad things happening or something, we, it doesn't need to, like, you're still allowed to have joy for other things. Mm. Was that basically what that one you said, you said? Because that one had me shook and it, like, Probably. I wanted to talk about that one, too. I, I poorly um, planned that. Let's see if it just happens to be. Uh, nope, it is not in my. I was hoping since I took a screenshot that it would just like be there. Cause it, just, it, it made me just think about like 2020 overall and this whole, yeah. like, and I think it was talked about a lot with um, Iris and Tori when they talked about um, hope and stuff. Um, yeah. But um, there was a specific moment. So I was at, um, I ended up in DC when the election was called for Biden. Um, and there was this moment that I got on video of this, these random two guys and one was carrying like a giant rainbow flag and he just was like embracing his friend while he was like crying on his shoulder of like pure happiness. And that, when I read that today, that's what I thought of because like in that moment, we, everybody knew that the fight wasn't over and like there was so much more to be done, but we were allowing ourselves to experience joy because there was so much better to come. And I think that as a queer person, and especially as a queer Christian, like I think that is super important to remember, to find joy and to remember that um, like, because of the amazing things God has done, you might have a really crappy day, but there's still joy in the moments that you can remember that. Yeah, it's, it's if we take Aquinas as definition of, of happiness or of, supreme happiness i don't remember his exact words and i don't feel like going and grabbing the summa theological to figure it out um but if we take that and we look at joy is when you are getting glimmers of what the divine is doing around you because <laughs> i am i am i wouldn't say that my default state is optimistic ever um i am very much a, i'm very good at being pessimistic um and, or I tell myself I'm good at being a realist, but there is so much joy in stepping into a space and being invited into what God is doing already. Um, and being able to have a glimmer to that um, yes. is good too. Yes. <clears throat> 10 out of 10. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts or questions? I'm looking for any more questions that we missed. We've been fairly good at them, I think, this week. It's because Jeremy's not here. Right. And Trish, which was surprising. She's been loving this. Miss you, Pastor Trish. We'll catch you eventually. Uh, oh. Hey, that's there what we I go. said, oh. Mom. In most being the way you perceive the world around you. Yes. I, I feel like the Onball family captures joy quite well. <laughs> at least uh, the two that I am closest to. <laughs> Um, not not anything negative about your brother. I just don't talk to your brother often. Right. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, I think 
I think it can also, I don't, not to like be like a Debbie Downer, but like, I think it can be dangerous too. Like, I think it took me a long time to not like expect the best from everyone. So mm -hmm. I think you have to find a healthy balance of being joyful. Cause I mean, everybody in their life knows that one person that's super naive, super happy all the time and lets people walk all over them. And so like, that's the, there's that extreme. And then the extreme of just people that are miserable and think that everything's terrible. So I think that it's so important to be able to find that balance and lean to whichever side you need in the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's because it's, it's about establishing healthy boundaries. Yeah. What did she say? When things suck, even then you have a deep rooted belief that all is going to be okay. Yeah. And I, I also don't want to be, act like, like that's an easy thing. Like it, it's not, it's not. <laughs> it, Cause if we, if we look at the text that we were, that we started off the discussion with being an unwed teenage mom in an oppressive system, fleeing from home um, is not easy, but still she found joy in proclaiming what God had yet to do. Right. Uh, favorite passages from the word that turn you to reminders and encouragement of joy. <clears throat> reminders and encouragement of joy. Um, wait, so she's just asking, okay. I, she wants to know what, what our, so Iris yeah. wants to know what our favorite passages for joy are. Uh, Psalm 100. I don't know at all because it's long, but she's a favorite of mine. Um, <laughs> um, I if I remember it all correctly, because I actually have not read it in a long time, but it's essentially um, a hype passage is what I would call it. Probably not the technical term. Um, <laughs> I actually so obviously those who know me well know that I'm all joy and celebration all the time. So when I had the chance to pick a theme for a close weekend, I was like joy celebration. That's mine. Um, and so I picked Psalm 100 and I still go back to that when I need um, a reminder to be joyful, especially in times like rain right now. So. Psalm 100 is actually pretty short. Oh, it's a Psalm of thanks. I was like, it's short enough that I read it a bunch, but long enough that I didn't, can't memorize it. I, I pulled it up, I can tell you. It's only five verses. <gasps> yes, read it, read it, read it. Um, <clears throat> Shout triumphantly to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with celebration. Come before him with shouts of joy. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his own pasture. Enter his gates with thanks. Enter his courtyards of praise. Thank him. Bless him. Because the Lord is good. His loyal love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. Yes. Um, if I could just have that on, like, repeat to hype me up at all times, like, that, that's all I would need in life. And I think um, the, the really cool thing about Psalm 100, and this is me just riffing off of it completely on the spur of the moment. No, um, go for it. Is that I think it's really easy to read this and be jaded. Ooh. I think it's really easy to read this and be like, where has God been? Right. Mm. Um, but if we just go towards the middle, it's he made us, we belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his own pasture. And so that that's verse three. 
And that's, that is know that the Lord is God. That is what God is to the people of Israel when we're talking about this psalm. And so a lot of times it's easy to feel jaded. Um, let's, let's just talk about the queer experience, right? Or at least a, a queer experience. It's really easy to be jaded when you know that no one around you loves you for who you are. But you can turn to Psalm 100 and we know that God made you, that you belong to God and that God loves you. Um, but the Psalms are, are sometimes a little on the painful side. And I don't think to answer Iris's question, um, <clears throat> I, I don't think I have a verse to, to remind me of joy. Um, I'm not good at memorizing verses either. Um, but what I think really helped me uh, is a book that I brought down because I was thinking about possibly talking about it later, but I'm going to send a, a picture, some of this to a friend later, the person who sent the question in. I'm going to send her a passage from this. Uh, so it's uh, the words of her mouth. And it is a handful of women that are pastors that wrote psalms based off of each psalm. Um, and so like Psalm 126, uh, which is part of the lectionary today, verse six says, those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing shall come home with shouts of joy. So the idea of, of in pain, there is also joy uh, and, and that God can heal things. But the the psalm in here written by Kate Mulligan is titled, You Owe Me More Meaning. Um, and I, I think there's so much, I got a lot of joy in being seen. Um, so I would, if you're more on the not joyous side, if your default is not joy, uh, more, more on my side of things, I would recommend the, the words of her mouth because um, so many of these are amazing. Um, like the Psalm 147 in here is entitled not true because what Psalm 147 verse six says the Lord lifts up the downtrodden God casts the wicked to the ground. And then it goes on. The Psalm is just five pages of names of people for which that was not true. Starting mm. with Ayanna Stanley Jones and Tamir Rice. Mm. And then five pages later, ending, ending with Latanya Haggerty. So um, I think there is a lot of, I think if I'm looking at joy as being able to see the work of the divine, seeing um, people grapple with hard emotions yeah. helps me know that God is near. And that yeah. helps me find joy. Um, which is so, so like we're coming from two different sides. You're more on the, the happy bubbly side and I'm more of like the doom and gloom side, right. but like knowing that God is present with us, even in our crappiest moments, um, gives me joy. Right. And I think that's what can bring us all back around. Like when you're feeling too happy or too doom and gloom, like, I think that's the end game. That should be the end game for all of us. But do you feel, what was, so um the question that she sent in about grief was she asking about like specific like grieving a loss or just like overall like grief of struggles like so she was asking specifically grief of struggles it's been okay. a hard year uh okay. for her specifically 
Um, but if we think of 2020, a lot of people lost loved ones. Right. Um, or are afraid of losing loved ones. Um, and I think the joy in that is not in the loss. It's, it's no. in the remembrance. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, I wanted to go ahead. No, finish. Yeah, go for it. No, you no I thought. just, I wanted to like, make sure that we like actually and like touched on what she wanted to, because I, <laughs> I was like, I liked the question and I liked like, because that's a hard thing. I, for me personally, I know like the year of 2017 was a year of like a tremendous loss for my family. And whenever I heard the words joy or happiness, like I was like, screw that like so like i just i think it is important to recognize that we're not always in that place and you mean you touched on remembrance i think that is the most important thing we can do to try to find the joyful moments and that's what me and my family did in those moments was how what can we do every day in the days that we're struggling the most to remember those that we've lost figure out how we can move forward because that's what they want us to do. So I also did just want to drop a song wreck um, because that's what I do. Um, so uh, Christmas, it's a Christmas song. Um, actually, I would call it like a holiday time song. It's called This Time of Year by Reese Lewis. And Reese is not spelled the way you think. It's R-H-Y-S. Um, oh, my buddy Reese. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's a great song. It it had me shook the first time I listened to it. Um, but if anyone's struggling with like grief or loss or just struggling with the holidays in general, um, that song, once you get through the shookest part of it and like recover emotionally, it helps me. So I just, I had thought of that when I got the question from you. So. Nice. Yeah. And um, I, it's worth mentioning the the poem that we started with i'm 98 percent sure that m wrote that this year during the pandemic um i think it's on in flesh's website under their pandemic resources um so the idea of like now even in our grief and our pain now especially is not the time to rush past joy yeah um, but allow it to kind of don't like when you finally get a plate of dessert don't scarf it down really fast. Right. Uh, really, really try to sit with it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's good stuff. Really? Yeah. I feel like when I envisioned this whole thing, I expected these to be like 25 minute <laughs> conversations and they have always been so long and it's, it's been great. No, I could, I could talk about joy for like two more hours. I had like, I was like shooting off every time I thought of an example, I'd like type it in my phone. I'd like, Oh yes, I need to save this. <laughs> you and I would, we'd probably just naturally talk for hours if we could. Yeah, um, that too. <laughs> um, so it, that feels like a good time to wrap up this conversation. Did you have other thoughts you wanted to share? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I think that's a good this a good chill pause stop wrap it up point. <laughs> uh and each week I've been wrapping up with um the prayer for lighting the advent wreath that uh Enfleshed has on their website. They have a litany for their, their advent wreath and I copy and paste it and put it at the end and I like it, 
and I'm just going to put it in there because I like what they write. Um, but we almost always hit what they're saying, just naturally in the conversations and the questions uh, kind of guide us there. <clears throat> so especially the opening sentence, which is great because it's definitely something that we talked about. The joy of God with us does not come as naive optimism or surface level feel goodness. Joy cannot be imposed from on high. Joy cannot be commanded. The joy of God with us is mingled with grief, exists side by side with mourning, knows that pain and death are all too real, but do not have the final word. This joy tends tenderly to beauty and softness, and the gladness that comes from paying attention to what matters. The joy of God with us is collective, liberating us from deadly despair. Joy is gestating in the darkness. It comes unexpectedly. Joy invites our expectation and demands our participation. Prepare the way for joy with sorrow. May joy be birthed among, within, and through us this Advent. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Amen. That was good. Thank you all for joining us. Iris wants oh, you yes. to send that. Yes, I, I will. I will send that to you. Um, I should probably get better at posting the resources that I used and links, but Instagram doesn't do that well. But I made a Facebook page so that we can have auto captions. So um, that's a thing. And this reminds me, next week, uh, we'll be joined, uh, I'll be joined with uh, Karen Collins and Susan Waters. And they are some of my uh, closest friends now. Uh, at Emmanuel, and I, I would argue that 2020 drew us closer. Uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure the government shutdown was the beginning of 2020, right? Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. what it feels like, essentially. I think it was, and so uh, we've grown quite uh, close family-wise, uh, their family and, and my family. Uh, so we're going to be talking about love next week, and I, I can't think of better people to talk about love with, and I am certain that there will be uh, yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, Susan and I have also grown very close. We've traveled together um, last year after the hot mess of the 2019 uh, General Conference of the United Methodist Church. So there, there was that too. But um, I love and adore that whole family. And they have a puppy now too, so... <laughs> That's, that's probably even more joy. <laughs> more joy, all the animals. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thank you all for joining. And uh, next week, I'm, I, we're currently scheduled for eight. And now is probably the time to tell Susan and Karen that I was going to talk to them about whether or not we wanted to do eight because Emmanuel is doing um, a longest night service that holds this joy and grief intention with each other. And they're, they're live. They're premiering it on Facebook. And then after that, um, doing a Zoom session to, to kind of wrestle with all of that together um, in a more live fashion. So pay attention to whatever time I say when I say it. And stay I tuned. will see you all. <laughs> yes, stay tuned. I'm winging it. And this is great. <laughs> I love this. Thank you for having me. Was, this has been awesome. And I can't wait for more. Woohoo! Yes, I'm so grateful that you joined me. Yay. And grateful for you in general. All right. <laughs> Bye. New Year's. <laughs>